Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. You get a call from Eleanor that her 74-year-old husband, Dave, who have you been treating for hypertension, now has a low-grade fever and body aches. He seems really tired for the last two days. He tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday. She's wondering if she should bring him in to be seen. You review your records and note that he has declined to get the COVID vaccine in the past, and while frustrated at this, consider whether to prescribe him one of the recently available oral antiviral agents. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Robert Baldor, professor and founding chair of the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Good to be here again. So you've jumped on a touchy subject, uh, the availability and the value of oral antivirals in COVID-19 treatment. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about these drugs and what the emergency use authorization means? Yeah, Frank, I'm really excited about this. You know, the availability of oral antivirals to treat COVID-19 is, in my mind, a potential game changer here as we go along in our fight against COVID-19. So the um, it's important to understand, though, that this EUA, the Emergency Use Authorization, what it does is it allows the FDA to use medical countermeasures to address a public health emergency, such as we're currently experiencing here with our disease pandemic. Thus, um, it allows for the use of a drug prior to approval. It does not constitute approval of the drug in the full statutory meaning of the term, but instead it authorizes the FDA to facilitate the availability of an unapproved product or unapproved use of an approved product during a pre-declared state of emergency. By the way, this is one of the reasons many refuse the vaccine state. It's not going to get the vaccine because it's EUA approved. It's not fully approved. It'll be really interesting to see because the unvaccinated folks are one of the uh, key people who are indicated to receive this medication, how well it'll be received on that end. So there's two agents out there I wanted to just touch upon. Uh, one is uh, by Pfizer, it's called Paxlovid, and the other one is uh, Merck's uh, Maltupiravir. Uh, the names are not easy to say. These are both antiviral agents. So Paxlovir combines two active agents, uh, Nermotrelovil, which is a uh, uh, particular agent. It's a protease inhibitor targeted at the uh, COVID uh, virus, which is the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and uh, rotinavir, which is an HIV uh, protease inhibitors. So these agents, they inhibit the breakdown of proteins required for viral replication. It prevents the virus from, uh, from replicating, from multiplying after an infection. So viral loads are lower and it allows the immune system then to overcome the infection. By the way, rotinavir uh, slows the breakdown of the other agent here, increasing its effectiveness. And it's been used alongside other HIV medications for many years to boost their activity. The second agent that's recently approved through the EAU, EUA was the uh, molnupiravir. And this is a ribonucleoside analog and it inhibits RNA viral replication. It causes viral mutagenesis in several viruses, not just the uh, SARS-CoV uh, COVID virus. 
All right. So these are drugs that are uh, received emergency youth authorization, but they're not fully approved by the FDA, but they seem to be efficacious. Can you talk about their, their value? Yeah, let me talk about the data that they actually used to support this. Um, the, the, the Paxlovid EUA was based on the analysis of a phase 2-3 randomized control trial. It was called the EPIC-HR trial. They had 2,246 non-hospitalized symptomatic adults. Mean age was 46. They had to have a laboratory confi- confirmed diagnosis of uh, COVID-19 and symptom onset less than five days. They also have at least one risk factor for progression to severe disease. And these include things as we're aware of, like diabetes, uh, being overweight, chronic lung disease, including asthma, current smokers, being immunosuppressed for some reason. Or they also looked at whether you were 60 years of age uh, older, just the older population, without uh, regardless of any comorbidities. So the subjects are randomized to receive Paxlovid or placebo. This is an oral agent twice a day uh, for five days. The study excluded individuals with a history of prior COVID infection or prior COVID vaccination. The primary endpoint was a proportion of subjects with COVID-19 related hospitalization or death, right? And they followed them for a month. They found a significant difference between the treated and the placebo groups with 6.3% 6.3% of the placebo group requiring hospitalization and 1.1% dying. Think of that, 1.1% of the population dying, which is what we know. This is a severe, very virulent disease. Now, you look at the, the treated group, less than 1% required hospitalization, and there were no deaths reported, so seeing a benefit. The other drug, the um, uh, Maltopiravir, EUA was supported by a different uh, randomized control trial. It was called the MoveOut trial. And this enrolled 1,433 patients, mean age of 43. Again, similar population to the uh, uh, to what was used for uh, Paxlovid. They had to have mild COVID and at risk for progression. By the way, they, divide, they define mild COVID as uh, having uh, the disease, but a pulse ox reading that was greater than or equal to 94% while on uh, while on Romero. Interesting uh, definition. But anyways, these subjects were also randomized one-to-one uh, to receive either 800 milligrams of the malnupiravir uh, or placebo twice a day for five days. And the primary endpoint was just like the uh, Paxlovid trial, percentage of subjects hospitalized or died uh, over the course of the following month. And again, there was a significant difference between the treated and the placebo group, with 9.7% of the placebo group requiring hospitalization and 1.3% dying. Very similar, by the way, to the placebo group in the Paxlovid uh, uh, trial. However, their results were not quite as positive, but they were very good. Um, 6.8% of the treated group were hospitalized, and only one patient died, so it was uh, uh, the uh, the percentage was 0.1%. So seeing a nice significant improvement here in treatment between these two groups as well. It, it is pretty interesting about these drugs and how they compare to monoclonal antibodies. Uh, the Paxlovid, the number needed to treat to prevent hospitalization in those under 65 was 17, and to prevent death was 125. And that does compare well with monoclonal antibodies, where the number needed to treat to prevent hospitalization with monoclonal antibodies was also 17, but that was 17 to prevent hospitalization or death. So we don't, we, we can't really uh, refine that out too, too much. All right, Bob. So these drugs 
will someday soon be in our local pharmacy. Um, can you talk a little bit about their side effects and their contraindications? Yeah, so so a little bit of this is I just want to talk about so how you would use these drugs, and, and absolutely it gives us something we can prescribe people rather than having to have IV uh, IV therapy as you're just referring to. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of re, uh, concerns around these uh, around these agents. But first thing you need to do though is prioritize your patients to decide whether or not uh, they should receive the, the the medication. And we're really as we're thinking about this now as it's moving into primary care practices is four key elements. What's the age of your patient? Being greater than 65 is a key factor. What's your vaccine status? Not being fully vaccinated. What's their immune status, i.e. are they immune compromised? And then, of course, the other clinical risk factors that are there. So the number one priority group, these are patients that are at the highest risk for hospitalization or death. Those are folks to consider for these uh, medications. They're over the age of 65 or they have a BMI of over 35 and they're not fully vaccinated, highest risk, or moderate to severe immunocompromised. That's the number one group for highest risk for progression. The second group down then is those with one or more risk factors for severe COVID. And the CDC website lists those. And again, they're not fully vaccinated. So we're talking about people who are not fully vaccinated. It's amazing. You look at the data here on the vaccinated group, and they do very well. They don't progress. They don't get hospitalized. They don't die uh, compared to the unvaccinated. But that's another discussion. Anyways, when we talk about these uh, uh, risk factors, of course, it's things we think about cancer, uh, diabetes, uh, uh, chronic uh, lung disease. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, pregnancy also falls into that, uh, in, in, into, that, uh, in, into that group. Okay, Bob, you didn't mention anything about contraindications. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so you know, so so part of this is that the prescribing is not um, not very straightforward. Uh, these drugs have lots; uh, these medications have lots of drug-drug interactions. Uh, a lot of the newer antiarrhythmics, some of the older statins, some antipsychotics, sildenafil, and uh, not good, uh, and many others. Uh, so it does require, and also requires a reduce. Uh, prescribing it in renal insufficiency. So for those uh, with normal renal function and no indications, let me just talk about Paxlovid because I think that that shows the higher efficacy and probably the one that I would be uh, prescribing. Uh, you know, and these will be available here, uh, slowly rolling out. But Paxlovid is dosed as 300 milligrams of the uh, 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 Nomatrelvir. Dispensed, by the way, is two hundred two of the 150 milligram tablets with one 100 milligram of the retinavir tablet. All three tablets taken together twice a day. Uh, now, I actually don't, I don't think we have time to go into all of the uh, contraindications here. And so uh, I have attached the FDA fact sheets on these. And really, if you're going to be using these medications, it's worthwhile taking uh, the few uh, minutes just to read through the fact sheets to, to, to get up to speed, because there's lots of different uh, things to be concerned about uh, with, uh, with, with these uh, medications. Well, when they become available, Eleanor will, will feel a little bit more confident that there's at least possibly a treatment for her husband. And hopefully, uh, our need to prescribe these agents will continue to go down as more and more people become vaccinated. Bob, tough, tough new data. Thanks so much for, for drilling down on it and helping us all out. Yeah, no, absolutely, Frank. And, and, and as I say, you know, you mentioned the vaccine. I just have to keep coming back to that. Clearly, the data out there is overwhelmingly positive of the benefit of the vaccine. You know, so that's still where I'm going with this. So nice chatting with you again today. Thanks, Bob. Practice pointer. Two new oral agents are available for the treatment 
of COVID-19 for patients who are predominantly unvaccinated and at high risk for progression to severe disease. Pay close attention to its dosing information and its contraindications. Join us next time when we discuss the progression of SARS-CoV-2 infections in children under the age of five. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.